Hey, everybody. Welcome to Just for Variety. Today is August 3rd, 2022. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Taron Edgerton became a bona fide Hollywood star and heartthrob with his award-winning work as Elton John in 2019's Rockin' Man. His follow-up to the music legend's biopic is Apple TV Plus's Blackbird. Inspired by true events, the series stars Edgerton as Jimmy Keene, a drug dealer who is sent to prison for 10 years. However, prosecutors offer to commute his sentence if he is willing to be transferred to a maximum security lockup to get a serial killer, played by Paul Walter Hauser, to reveal the location of the bodies of women he allegedly killed. I talked to Edgerton from Greece, where he was on vacation with his family. Just a few days before, however, he was in London, hanging out with Britney Spears at a mutual friend's dinner party. So how did it feel when Spears posted video on her Instagram of the two of them together at said party? We'll have that and a whole lot more from Taryn Edgerton on today's Just for Variety. But first, let's take a look at what I've been up to recently on the red carpet. On Monday night, I caught up with Brad Pitt at the premiere of his new action movie, Bullet Train. No surprise, I had to ask him about wearing a skirt on a carpet just last week while promoting the movie in Berlin. I have to ask you, you made all those headlines wearing a skirt. What was the inspiration? I don't know. We're all going to die, so let's like mess it up, you know? Bullet Train is in theaters on Friday, August 5th. For more from the premiere, head over to Variety.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Just for Variety. I'm talking to Taryn Edgerton, star of Apple TV Plus's Blackbird. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm on vacation with my family in Greece, which is really nice. Um, I'm jealous. So, you know, I'm um, getting some R&R and enjoying some quality time with the family. Um, you know, super excited about the show. It's It's, it's been, you know... It's had a terrific response so far. So, you know, still still working to make sure it gets as many pairs of eyes on it as possible, really. Well, I have to tell you, my husband and I sat down, started watching it before I even was supposed to do um, this interview with you. And we were completely and absolutely intrigued. But my husband's getting pissed. He's like, wait, we have to wait every week? And he doesn't yeah, know. People, people, are, people are upset, you know. Yeah. Like, like, it's great that there's an appetite to watch right. more of it. But I, I think we're used to being able to binge things, particularly yeah. on, you know, certain platforms. But I'm kind of resolutely, I don't know, 
I suppose I'm a bit of an old romantic. I quite like the <laughs> weekly episodic thing. It makes me think of, you know, times gone by. Um, but people want, you know, people want that content all in one go, don't they? Um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully people are um, get why it's nice because it career because I mean I think you know unless unless you do that, it can come and go in the blink of an eye, and it, it doesn't yeah. make any impact, you know. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty incredible to see, like you said, there's, you know, in old fashioned terms, there are cliffhangers. Yeah, exactly. You don't really get them anymore. You didn't get a cliff. That's that's a really lovely way of putting it. Yeah, I I haven't thought of it like that. That's that's actually the best defense of it, really. Well, you know, we're doing it in defense of the cliffhanger. So tell me about Jimmy. Tell me, did you even, I when I realized that it was based on a true story, obviously it takes on a whole other level and so many more layers. Did you even know about this story? It's insanity. No, I know. And it sounds like something that was developed in a writer's room. <laughs> I, I mean, I, you know, I, I knew, I, I'll be totally honest, I knew about it in so much as I knew it was a very intriguing thing that had, had kind of haunted Hollywood studios for a number of years, you know, as this incredible true story. Um, and uh, my manager, Michael Cooper, had been sort of had told me about it maybe three or four years ago. And I, and I, as, as I had the same response you did, I couldn't believe it was a real thing. And I thought it was an intriguing premise. But no, you know, I find it quite hard to get excited about something until I until I know what a writer has done with it. And then, I, you know, I got, I got these scripts and I was just sort of floored by it. I was floored by the intrigue and the suspense and the incredible, you know, truth of it. But also, um, you know, more than anything, the incredible sort of humanity that he weaves into it is what really kind of um, made me super excited about it. So you're you're Jimmy. You're you know a convicted felon, uh, drug dealer, party boy. Doesn't yeah. have much empathy for other humans. You're sent away, and then these prosecutors come to you and say, "Okay, we're going to put you in maximum, <laughs> like, like as yeah. max as you could get security prison, and say, get this confession." from a serial killer, where he's buried the bodies. Exactly. That's it. And that serial killer is played by Paul Walter Hauser. When you heard Paul's voice as Jimmy for the first time, it's haunting. What yeah. Did you hear, do you hear it during rehearsals or is it sort of, it kind, of grew, it, kind of, it kind of grew as we were doing it, really. I think, you know, it, it, it's what's, what's, what's great about it, I think, is it feels there's something quite disturbingly childlike about yeah. it and what, and what I get from it in terms of what the choice Paul is making as an actor. I mean, I'm not speaking for him, but my interpretation of it is it's almost like a guy making himself seem unthreatening and innocuous because and seemingly very innocent um because what you know what he is is a, is a real um 
he's the kind of manipulator that doesn't even know he's manipulating. Like he's just sort of rotten to the core. But, um, you know, and these two guys, Jimmy and Larry, whilst being very, very different, you know, one is this, you know, one is the one was the other, the, you know, one was at the top of the tree in high school and the other one was, you know, no one knew existed. Um, and they're at completely different places on the spectrum of what makes up, you know, a, a, a toxic man. Mm. But um, but where the show gets really interesting, and I think that really starts to happen now in these, you know, between from four onwards in these two episodes, five is out today and six next week. It's the commonality. It's the way what, what starts to happen to Jimmy is that he really starts to see something of himself in him. And it's, um, yeah, and it obviously has an effect on him. Um, Paul is phenomenal in the show and, and we had a, a, a great time working together and we, we have this great, I think, you know, my, I feel we have this great kind of odd couple, <laughs> fucking weird, weird chemistry that's, you know, it has moments of fun and lightness, but obviously all in the context of kind of the darkest things imaginable, really. Um, but yeah, he's great. And, and you know, we're, I mean, we're really proud of it. We're really proud for everyone to see these last two episodes, especially just because they are, I mean, we, we really, we really went to work trying to make them great. You know? So did you just pitch a re a reboot of the odd couple? <laughs> I'd love to work with him again, you know, I really would. I think it would be fun for he and I to do something um, that's, that's not quite so, um, I'd like to go to work with him where, you know, we don't feel like we need a shower after every scene, you know. The odd couple. I mean, I'm yeah. imagining it now. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of genius. Maybe, maybe, maybe. If there's any, pre I don't know who has the rights. If there's any producers out there. So do you meet with the real Jimmy beforehand or are you, or do you want to create no. this character yourself? Well, I think the important distinction is that the most extraordinary things about our story, what happened, what he went through, what he was tasked with, they're all true. But I would say the more psychological elements of the story, you know, are where Dennis has taken license and been able to be, truly creative you know I don't think if I'm totally honest I don't think I think Jimmy the real Jimmy kind of brushes off his experience whereas obviously in the world of our show my Jimmy is kind of you know shaken to his very core and it kind of kind of completely dismantles his own sense of self really the whole thing um but I, I have spent time with Jimmy because he's an exec producer on the show. And in the final episode, he does cameo very briefly um, as a guard. And um, it's, um, it's great that he feels so pleased with how it's gone. You know, he's a great guy. You can really see the elements of the character that are very much based on who he is. He has, he's got that kind of, smooth operator wise guy you know doesn't seem to kind of know any self-doubt you know he's um he's a charmer but he's he, you know he he's i think he's very very pleased with how the show has panned out and he understands the distinction between what is truth versus you know 
the arc of of what we've done with my character, which is kind of, you know, slightly more, um, uh, I don't know how you describe it, epic, Greek, you know, <laughs> I don't know how you describe it. You know. I have to say, I grew up with a lot of Jimmys. I grew up in a Jimmy neighborhood. I grew up oh, in a mafia. I grew up in a mafia neighborhood in Queens. If you've ever oh. heard of someone named John Gotti, of course, yeah. That was the neighborhood I grew up in. Oh, really? So you're no stranger. I mean, for me, you know, I, I, um, like a lot of young men, you know, fell in love with those kind of stories. These, uh, you know, usually Italian American or you know, yep. stories of of the kind of glamorized life of crime and, um, and obviously doing the show and and kind of having something of a relationship to that and obviously Ray's involvement, bringing that to the forefront a little bit. For me, it did feel a bit like living something of a, a fantasy, you know? Um, I, will but yeah, tell you, but I, will, I will tell you though, it is no fantasy. Well, no, this is, the thing, this, is what I, this is what I kind of like about the show, you know, I, yeah. what Dennis has pulled back from doing at any yeah. point is net, you know, I suppose there is a sense in the first episode that there is yeah. a whiff of glamour around Jimmy's lifestyle. But what I tried to convey, yeah. you know, there's that scene in the first episode where I'm naked and intimate with a woman, you know, what I'm trying to convey, you know, the camera pans up from her face to mine and you're supposed to see that I'm completely miserable and sort of unfulfilled you know I, I don't know if, I don't know if people have picked up on that but it's you're not meant to feel that he's fulfilled by that lifestyle and I think that's what I love about the show you know there's no there's no glamour or sentimentality yeah. to, to the lifestyle Jimmy leads you know so let's talk about that first episode um, I know you're in good shape but how much training did you do for that first ab shot and that camera really panned on your ass for a while it really I know it did. It stayed on my. I did, mate. It, I can't deny. Yeah, I did. I did a lot of training. I mean, it was, it was. You know, it was. Um, Jimmy is in good shape as a man in his fifties, but as a man in his early thirties, he was in phenomenal shape. Um, you know the way he tells it. Part of him being um, physically able and his experience with martial arts and those things were part of what got him picked for that job. Um, so I needed to look like I was, I could handle myself, I think. Um, but then also, uh, I think there's an element of, you know, that slightly American psycho, you know, self-obsession thing going on that I kind of wanted to bring to it as well. So it felt like, it felt appropriate, you know, I, I hope it doesn't feel gratuitous that shot, but it, it, you know, it's, it's a bit, and because obviously, you know, my last thing was Elton John where I'm, you know, look quite different and it's, and people have that strong association with me. I think I needed to do something to sort of go, this is a very different role for me and this is a very different part. And and there is reasons for that, you know? Yeah. I love the American psycho analogy because you can't help but think about that when the agents are coming and raiding Jimmy's house and he's making his shake and he's like, Oh, look what, you know, I just had this night. It's easy, Jimmy's life. Yeah, I know. They don't let you wipe the protein shake off your face. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm sure there's going to be some gifts of that scene. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I think um, 
and I and I very consciously played that whole scene like you know unaffected by it because I don't think it's until his dad says it's not until he hears it from his dad that he realizes anything bad's going to happen because he's walked on water for the you know for his for for the for the first you know 12 14 years of his adult life so um and it's only really when his dad because his dad says to him in that scene you know I never wanted this for you and and that that for me is the moment where Jimmy's journey really starts because it's his dad he for the for the, for the briefest second realizes that his dad is full of shit really um which is not something he wants to face up to or confront or deal with but you know man you know mark it was just like that that kind of writing when there's that richness to it and that much subtext and there's so much to play for 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 you know for an actor it's just just amazing i just i just loved it you know it was a hard job but um, i just loved it yeah in, in the end i mean is it two guys with major daddy issues yeah, I mean, I think you know certainly in the fourth episode, it 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 alludes to. I think what it does is it asks the question, and it's an, it's a sensitive question about why do we why do we end up the way we do? Yeah. Are we all for, are we all fucked up by our parents? And I think you know to an, to an extent there is truth in that. I think it's it's a delicate balance, particularly with Larry's character, because you you don't want to get into the territory of excusing someone who's done heinous things of those crimes. But I also think as a society and as humanity, there's something really healthy about not just going, well, this person's a monster. This is why this person's a monster. They're born that way. And they will, you know, it's, there's something more, um, there's something smarter and more sophisticated and more civilized about seeking to understand. And I think that's what the fourth episode tries to do because it delves back a little bit into our childhoods and you get a sense of why these two men are the way they are. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, Edgerton talks about hanging out with Britney Spears, his dreams to star in Sweeney Todd on stage, and a whole lot more. I'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to Just for Variety. Here's more of Taryn Edgerton. So now I have to ask you about Sing Three. When are we seeing it? You know what? I've, I haven't. I, I, I honestly, 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 I was trying to think the other day. How long was it after the release of Sing One that they came to me about Sing Two? I can't remember how long it was. I think it might have been about six months. I'd be really surprised if they didn't want to do one more. Um, but uh, I haven't heard anything yet. You know, um, I'd, I mean, I'd love to. I have to, you know, it's it's just such a fun thing to be a part of. You do a handful of days work and then, you know, you're a part of this great thing that kids just adore. It's an amazing little 
side gig, really. So I hope to do one more. But you have Bono and you two in Sing 2. Who do you get in Sing 3? <laughs> An interesting question. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I Come mean, on, if you could do, do it with any... Really fun? Do you know who? what would be really fun? I mean, it's got to be said. It would be fun if they got Elton in for me and him to do something. Right. Oh, I don't know. Maybe may I see if Elton fancies playing. I don't know. I don't know. I shouldn't say something actually in case I kill it, but it would be fun to have Elton in it. He, I'm sure he'd love to do it. Well, the thing about you, Taryn, which is amazing, is you don't hold back. <laughs> you yeah. Things. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm terrible for that. I, no, I, I, it's not terrible. I know. I sometimes. I. I just. I think. I don't know. I find with these interviews that. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I, I really find them hard unless I feel like I'm having a genuine conversation and I'm not, I'm just not very good at policing myself and largely I get away with it, but I do say things and I go, oh, come on, man, why did you say that? You know, it's, it's, that was, that, that didn't need to be said, but hey, look, no one's perfect. So on that note, <laughs> you told my friend Josh Horowitz and you met with Kevin Feige in a general. It wasn't Wolverine. So now you have everyone. <laughs> if you go on that internet, what character was Taryn talking to Kevin about? <laughs> yeah, I've got to, I've got to, um, I mean, I've got to learn my lesson at some point, Mark, I think. And I think, you know, I, I, I've got to stop because it's, 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 it gets a bit out of control, you right. know. Um, but, you know, it's no, it's no secret, and you know, I, I got, I, Mark, I've got to shut up about it because every time I do an interview, it turns into this torrent of, um, uh, of, um, sorry, I have a small child who's sort of waving at me in the background. Um, 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 perfect so yes, timing. No, yeah, perfect timing. Thank God for little sisters. <laughs> um, I do need to ask you about. Britney Spears Instagram the other day. Yeah. I'm how, not did you, how did you end up hanging out with Britney? And she was obviously a very big fan, is a very big fan. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, I mean, crazy things happen in Hollywood, don't they? Just a mutual friend and who had a dinner party on a very nice rooftop. And, and she was there and she was very, very, very lovely. She was lovely. Were you a Britney fan when you were, you're of that age? Yeah, I am. I'm actually, I mean, weirdly, because she, you know, I was a, I felt like a kid and she felt like a grown up, but she's not actually that much older than me. But yeah, yeah I was, I was, I was exactly the right age to be, um, you know, uh, to have been swept up in all that mania. I mean, as much as any, as much as the rest of the world is for sure, you know, she's, right. a, she's a force. So did, what did she tell you about recording Tiny Dancer with your friend Elton John? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Didn't come up. Did you go out for karaoke later and do Tiny Dancing? <laughs> I know. I wish, I wish there was a scoop. We had a, it was a nice dinner and we hung out and that was that. Was that. <laughs> but let me ask you how much... Did you hear from people after she put you on her Instagram? Because her, yeah, yeah, a, a, a lot. You know, she's one of she's one of those people with um, like, 
passionate, passionate, passionate fans. And yeah. it's lovely, you know. And um, it, it, yeah, I felt um, felt very, very, very famous for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was lovely. It was very, very sweet of her and very generous. She's a lovely person. So um, theater, let's talk about theater. Um, obviously, you know, you dropped out of cock. Um, you've explained that. Will we see you in theater again? Obviously, that's where, you know, that's where your, your career started. You were, you were a theater guy. Yeah, I'd love to. I, um, I had a really, I was, ha- I had, I, I was having a very tough time when we were doing that. And I don't mind saying that. Um, and I, it, 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 it kind of took a, it took a toll on me. So I, I do really want to do it again. And I think it's really important that I get, get back on the horse again um, sooner rather than later. Uh, but it's, you know, it's always, as is the case when you're an actor, it's a reactive thing. You know, I'm not, I'm not yet in the place where I can generate things for myself really. Uh, so I, when the right thing comes along and if, if people trust me to do it, then I will, I will of course do it sooner rather than later. I, I really do love it. And I, and I loved the experience short lived as it was, it just, just the stars lined up in a really bad way. And I, I wasn't able to fulfill that commitment, but um, I'd like to do it as soon as, as soon as possible. I went to see the music man the other day on Broadway. He was, oh, did you? I did. Yeah. He was amazing. He's absolutely amazing. His energy, his physicality. I mean, and I did. I felt green, you know. I thought, uh, you know, I would have loved to. Yeah, I would love to get back into it and do it again. But I do want to see you in a musical on Broadway. Yeah, I, uh, may I'd love it. I really, really would. I think to do a to do a musical, I'd, I'd probably have to be, I'd have to get back in training and using my voice regularly. I think, you know, it's, 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 it is not as easy as people like Jonathan and Hugh, you know, make it look. It's, right. it's, it's, it's hard and it's very different as well to what I did in Rocket Man because I've got all the, all the magic of the movies to back oh. me up, you know. So, <laughs> to, you know, to go and, um, I mean, I've done it. You know, I, that's what I, when I was at drama school, I was, my, 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 big, my big role in my third and final year was as leader of the musical singing live is not an issue i just would i just it's it's a long time since i've done it you know so um i would need to i'd need to um warm up those chords i think do you have a favorite musical there are some that i really uh there is some that i would love to do aspirationally i think you know one day you always want the things that you're not and at the moment i'm too young and not gruff enough but I think, you know, when I get to like, I probably could do it at 40, but I would, I'd love to do Sweeney Todd. I really, I knew you were just going to, as soon as you said rough, I'm like, it's Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'd love, I'd love to be Sweeney. Um, I've got a, I've, you know, I've got a bit of a history with some time because of my, my time at drama school. And I, I won the Sondheim Society Prize when I was 21. And I, I, I love, you know the works, and and I'm I'm not as familiar with Jason Robert Brown, but you know I love I love that that kind of musical theatre that that has um really has something to say about mm. about the human condition. Uh, that that 
that's, you know, that I think I should do for weeks and months and, and keep finding new things in and keep enjoying. Um, but yeah, as I say, no one's going to buy me a Sweeney just yet. I need to have accrued enough years to, to be that jaded and embittered, I think, but um, maybe one day. Don't sell yourself short, mister. Hello. Hello, <laughs> Elton John. <laughs> yes. Actually, that, that, Kate, that was, that was, that was, yeah, that's true. Yeah. A little bit of, little bit of um, aging up, but yeah, no. Long and you were, almost, and you were almost going to do Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that, that is, you know, that's one that I have done on stage before right. in an, in an, in an amateur capacity. Um, and I would, I mean, I, I don't, I just don't get it. I, um, I really, I mean, there was so much goodwill around it and yeah. it, just fizz, it just fizzled. I, I, it just fizzled. Uh, who knows? Maybe it'll, maybe it'll come back, but I, I can't help but feel like it. I can't help but feel like it just might not. I don't know. I, lo I love it when Chris Evans talks about it because I always think, oh, well, you know, he's keeping the hope alive there. He's keeping that candle burning. But, um, uh, yeah, at the moment, my understanding is it's completely dormant. But, I, I, I mean, and that is a role where, that's a role where I feel like I could genuinely, genuinely do something with it a bit different. Right. That I really feel, I really feel that, you know, Obviously, Rick Moranis is beloved for the part, but I, I, I think there's a really justified, different version of that movie that would be great to see um, without sacrificing any of the camp, without sacrificing any of the sort of comedy of it, but to really, you know, just it's it, that's that's worthy of a reboot. Some reboots are cynical. But some some are inspired, and that that one would be great. I think I love. I wish I wish it would come back round, but it's out out of my hands, unfortunately. Well, you know what? Forget about the movie. Let's pitch the Broadway show, dude. Hey, that could be fun. <laughs> that could be fun, right? That could be fun. Yeah. Taryn, this was awesome. It was so good seeing you. Yeah, it's great seeing you. Thanks for your time, Mark. And I really appreciate you supporting the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's really, it's um, like I said, it's uh, it's great. I've really enjoyed going back to the old days of having like cliffhangers. What my husband doesn't realize is I do have all the episodes. Yeah, but I was gonna say, I nearly said that to you. I didn't want to I didn't want to say on air, as it were. There's no way Mark doesn't have all those. But yeah, I think as well, you know, because it's, it's a 90s show, all the music is 90s. Yeah. Even, even the titles, I think, are super 90s. <laughs> it's, it's, it's meant to have that feel, you know, yeah. so I'm glad you get it anyway. But quit holding out on your husband. No one's telling <laughs> me. Have an incredible vacation. Enjoy yourself. Thanks for taking the break and um, go eat some really, really good Greek food. I will. Thank you, Mark. Take care, Thank my friend. Sure. Take care. Bye. 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 That was Taryn Edgerton. Blackbird is available on Apple TV+. Thanks for listening to Just for Variety. I'll see you next time. But for now, don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. And for all your breaking Hollywood news, go to Variety.com. See you soon. Mm -hmm.